I love the story. Uh, Tony Campolo tells this story, and he said one time he was about to speak before a group of people, and they, uh, as, as a lot of times you do, you just lay hands on the person who's about to speak, and they did that. But one guy is praying for him, and uh, imagine feeling this, hearing this, and the guy's praying for him and says, and God, uh, just bless Joe Schmidt. Bless Joe. You know Joe, God. He's the one that you, you go take a ride off the interstate on exit 22, and you go down. He lives at the, the, the house, the greenhouse on the corner of 17th and Pine. He lives at 1417 Pine Street, God. And you know that he just left his wife, Lord. And, and Tony's down there thinking, what is he giving God directions for here? What is he, why is he giving this? And he just thought it was the weirdest thing, but said amen. And, you know, so he went and preached. And then he was driving home that night, and he, he said, I know that you're not supposed to pick up hitchhikers. But he said, you know, there was a guy there on the side of the road, and I just felt like I was supposed to pick him up. And I picked him up, and we started talking. I said, you know, what's your name? And he said, Joe Schmidt. And he said, okay. And he took off, took off, went off exit 22 on the interstate right there and started going down. And, and the guy said, where are you taking me? He said, I'm taking you home to your wife is where I'm taking you. And he said, so he drives right, you know, exactly 1714 Pine Street right there. He said, you get in here, we're going inside. And they gave, he said, he read the riot act to them and he told them, and he, to, especially to him, he prayed for them. He said, they both came to Jesus Christ that night and finally they were hand in hand and said, how in the world did you know where I live? And he said, God told me where you live. And he said, I really believed that God told me exactly where you lived. And it's weird because God can speak to us in so many different ways that we never expect, right? I mean, God can speak to a, you know, Moses through a burning bush. God can speak to Balaam through a donkey. God can speak to, to us all the time if we're just listening. And today is the last day that we're going, we've been going through a, a series on how God speaks to us. We've been talking about a bunch of different ways. We said he speaks to us through his written word, his spoken word, his still small voice, his peace, a, rel- a restless spirit, open and closed doors, wisdom, signs, dreams, visions, worship, songs. We've talked about so many different things. We're going to be talking just about few, a few others. And, and we've missed things. And we could have talked about every single one of these for an entire, uh, for an entire week. Uh, but, but just kind of did a, uh, a real fast speed over it. But one thing is he can speak to us through life circumstances as well. I mean, Jonah didn't hear from God in, as God was speaking to him in a, in a voice, so, uh, so God brought some circumstances into his life. He brought a, a big storm, and then he brought a big fish into his, uh, to his life, and it got his attention, and God was able to speak to him through those. And sometimes God has allowed some circumstances in our life to get our attention, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. God can speak to us through an incredible blessing. God can speak to us for him coming through in our, in our life. God can speak to us through a, a, a miracle. He can speak, and here's the, and just through everyday circumstances, right, and situations. And here's what we need to ask is, is when we're going through whatever situation we're going through in life right now to ask God, God, my circumstance right now, are you trying to tell me something in my situation in life right now? What are you trying to tell me? Because every situation in life, he's trying to tell you. And that's another thing is, is just everyday life situations too. He's wanting to talk to us through that, through our daily routine. I mean, there's times at work he wants to speak to us just through, through some of the situations that if we just allow him to, that he's going to speak to us through that situation. Let's just give one example. And anybody who has kids, I want you to think how many times God has spoken to you through your child. That God has spoken to you through just something that they've said, something that they've done, just, just by a person the other day who's a brand new dad said, you know what, I, I never knew love before. 
like I know now. I now understand God's love for me, and I understand God's patience. He said, I wouldn't put up with me the way God's put up with me. And God can speak to us this through the circumstances of life and life situations. Ask yourself, be, if we're aware and have our antennas up throughout the day, God can speak to us throughout, the, uh, throughout a day. Another thing is, is nature. Uh, every time we see a rainbow, do you realize God's saying that's a sign that he's given us? It's a sign of his promise, that he fulfills his promise. It's a, it's a, a promise that he'll never destroy the earth uh, again in, in that way. But every time we see that, Romans 1 tells us we are at, without excuse when we, uh, because God shows himself so much in nature. We're without excuse if we don't believe that there's a, there's a God. There's one lady in our church you absolutely love. I know God speaks to her through nature, and, and that's a big way God speaks to many of us. Uh, but here's some of the things that she said that she's learned from God there. She said, every time I see a soaring hawk, I'm reminded the perspective God wants for me to have as well. I see the colors in a butterfly's wings. I see the beauty of a bird's wings, and I see the intricacies of an insect's eyes, and I'm reminded that God really is in control. I see the detail in creation, and I understand that God cares about the smallest details in my life as well. I'm reminded that there are animals that are unseen, and yet they are still there. And, and through that, he expresses his love and his power, and just that he's, he's, uh, he cares about my life as, uh, as well. There's another lady on staff that she was just telling me a story about something in a really dark time in her life. And she said, it was the weirdest thing. I walked outside one day, and I just saw this flower coming through the snow. And she said, it was just like God spoke to me and said, you know what? I bring beauty for ashes. I'm a God of new beginnings, and I bring life to dead places. There's so many times, this is a huge way where God speaks to me, and, and when I love to walk outside at night and just look at the stars and things, because it's, it's just a reminder that if God can speak all this into existence, whatever problem I have is nothing compared to his, uh, to his power. I remember one time I was out shoveling snow, and I, it took me half an hour to, to shovel the snow in, my, in our driveway, and it was just like God said to me, he said, you know what, here's, you've done that, it took you half an hour to do this, I covered one-third of the nation overnight in a blanket of snow. Now, which would you rather rely on, your power or my power in ministry? Oops, you know, his. Uh, and then, you know, so many different ways God speaks to us in, uh, through nature. God can speak to us also through our thoughts. Amos 4.13 says this, For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains, stirs up the winds, and reveals his thoughts to, man, uh, to mankind. And now, obviously, there are some thoughts that just are, that aren't God's thoughts. That most thoughts that we have are probably just our thoughts. We're just thinking. And then there's other thoughts that we have that are definitely not godly thoughts, right? When the God person cuts you off in, in traffic and things, chances are that's not a godly thought that you have at that, uh, at that moment. We have unpure, th- unclean thoughts. We have, you know, angry thoughts, things like that that are not of God. But there are thoughts that God gives us and ideas all the time. Uh, you know, something that uh, I, when I go outside, like I said, and, and pray, a lot of times that uh, it used to be that my mind was just bombarded with, with, with thoughts that would come to me, like thoughts about a, a sermon series, thoughts about a sermon, thoughts about a person, to, wow, they're going through this and I need to call them, and thoughts about this and thoughts about that in ministry, thoughts about things in, in, in life. And, and I used to hate that because I used to think it was my thoughts just distracting me from, from me praying. And then I re- began to realize, really appreciate that and really 
realize that, that no, those are, you know, a lot of those are God's bringing ideas to my mind, bringing God thoughts to my mind, and I've learned to appreciate that God speaks to us through our, through our thoughts. I'll tell you maybe in my world, maybe you can think about it in yours. I can, all of a sudden, I'll be, you know, just doing something, I have an idea for a sermon series, just that pops in my mind, or that uh, some of the, the messages in that sermon series. Then I open up the, the Bible, and all of a sudden, these the ideas just explode to me from the, from the text or things, or, or suddenly a, a, an illustration from 10 years ago will suddenly come into my mind or something that I've seen in a movie or something like that. And, and, and I, I really believe, I've said this before, but one of my favorite things to do is, is prepare messages because I feel the presence of God so strong there. And I have these things that come into my mind that I know aren't me, that I know are just something that God's, in, God's inspiration. And if you think that God only does that to pastors, you're totally mistaken. Whatever, whatever area of life you're in, God wants to do the same in your life. God wants to give you inspiration and ideas and thoughts for your business. God wants to give you ideas for how to teach your children or maybe to teach other children. God wants to give you ideas for, 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 for investments. God wants to give you ideas for, for what you're doing in the house, for, to, to raise your kids, to, to be a better husband or wife or anything like this. I mean, to even, even how to write that report at school or, to, or what to do with that, with that project at school or at work or how to run that meeting. Whatever it is, God wants to constantly be giving you ideas and thoughts uh, as, as well if we're open to those, uh, to those things. And... And I thought, uh, God also speaks to us through other people, doesn't he? Through godly counsel. Listen to these words from Proverbs. Proverbs twelve fifteen says this, The way of a fool seems right to them, but a wise person listens to advice. Proverbs 15, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. God wants to, to us to, to, to take and heed the advice of godly people uh, uh, around us. Now, now, choose your counsel wisely there, because here's what you want to do. You want to choose godly people who love you and have your best interest in mind and love you enough that they'll, they can tell you the truth, too. Now, why godly people? I mean, God can speak to us through anybody and anything, right? I've had God speak to me many times through people that had no relationship with, uh, with God. But the chances are, if a person's walking with God, they're going to speak fr- from God more than somebody who's, who's not. And, and there's other people who don't have your best interest in mind, and they may give you advice, but they do it for manipulation's sake, or they do it for other reasons and things. So first, listen, look for godly people who are walking with God, who truly love you enough to, to, to tell you what you need to hear. Also, you know, look for people who have expertise in the area you're looking for. For instance, if there's, you know, if I have a, a financial question, I'll ask some of the people in the church who are experts at that, who are really, really good at that, because they know more of that than than I do. Uh, or some, also, look for people who have more life experience than you do as as well. There was a guy in the Bible named Rehoboam. He was Solomon's uh, son. And, and he had this opportunity to either listen to, to do this thing or to do this thing. And he listened to the young people that were, you know, that were his same age who had no life experience. And he didn't listen to the people who had a lot of life experience. And he made the wrong decision that split the, that split the whole kingdom. Every time I had a big decision to make when my dad was alive, I'd ask my dad. You know why? Because he had he'd lived two or three years for every day I had ever lived. He had a lot more life experience than, uh, than I did. 
But here's the, here's the principle. Just surround yourself with people who, who are, are wise and let them speak into your life. Ask them advice on different, different things and the chances are you'll make better decisions. Chances are God can work through those people. But now understand this, that, that godly counsel will always go with the word of God. If somebody ever gives you advice that is contrary to the word of God, always know that that is bad advice. Con- good advice will always be in line with, uh, with scripture. Something else is godly counsel should always be confirmational, not directional. And what that means is, you know, if somebody, that, that you, you shouldn't just go to somebody and say, here, speak, ask, the, ask God what I should do. You know, nobody else should have to hear from, from God for you. What it should be is you hearing from God and then God confirming what he's already speaking in your life through that person. I mean, God can, you know, some, just because somebody says that they're speaking from God doesn't mean they're speaking from God. Let it confirm in your own heart. Let it confirm through, uh, through Scripture. Um, another thing is God uses other people's voices a lot in our life. I want you to think about something. Think about a time when, when, when somebody spoke to you and it encouraged you. Or think about something when, when somebody inspired you. You heard somebody speaking and it inspired you. Or somebody that you just needed, man, somebody corrected you. You needed to hear, you needed to hear some words that they, that they said to just kind of wake you up. Uh, and maybe there were words of comfort that you were really down, you were really hurting, and God, and, and somebody spoke some words of comfort to you, and it made all the difference in the world at that time. Is it possible that as that person was opening their mouth, that it was God comforting you through that person? That it was God inspiring you through another human being? That it was, that it was God encouraging you through another human being? Is, is, that, is that possible? I really believe that so many times I've heard from people, you know, say, saying things in my life, and I realize, man, that's the voice of God speaking to me in, uh, in that way. That God oftentimes does, does that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it is just, I've had God give me direction, I believe, in life just through somebody's co- normal conversation in life. An example is one time I remember I was in, in college and I remember just sitting next to a guy that I'd never sat next to before and just, just started talking to him. He said, and he said, man, I had the best summer this summer. He said, I worked at a camp called Singing River Ranch in Colorado and, and he talked about the camp and there's something inside of me just percolating and he said, and I said, you know, how do I get in touch with that? And he gave me the phone number of the director in that and for two years, summers, I worked at that camp and I believe it was just God intersecting me with this person. He just happened to open his mouth and say something that directed me for what I was supposed to, uh, to, to do at a, at a later time. I remember one time that, uh, that I was with my daughter Cassie and we were at the Outer Banks and we were looking at one of the, the lighthouses and all of a sudden somebody came up to a weirdest thing. I mean, they didn't say, hey, how you doing? You having a good day? They just came walking up and said, hey, we just went horseback riding. It was really cool. I said, really, man, that's, that's neat. He said, we were you know, on the beach and everything. And I said, where was that? And he said, right down here. You go over there. And, uh, and, and so that person left and I said, that, you know, that was strange. You think God maybe wants us to go horseback riding? And I remember, so we went down there and we said, and they said, I said, do you take walk-ins? And they said, never, we don't, but we happen to have two, two openings right now for one of the first times. Here, come on in, and by the time you fill out everything, we'll be ready to, ready to go. And I had one of the best times of my life with my daughter. We, we were able to even run the, run the horses on the beach full throttle. Now, do I know that that was God working through that person? No, I don't know that, but man, that is just like my God. I'm much just like him that would direct me just through a person just saying something that made me go... Wow, maybe that's God talking to us. Maybe God wants us to, uh, to, to do that. God also, don't miss this, God also speaks to other people through us. Uh, I wonder how many times that you just gave an encouraging word to somebody. 
You just maybe said something that, that, uh, that, that maybe, again, you just gave some direction. You gave something, uh, some words of comfort. And you thought it was just you opening your mouth, but it was God using you to speak to somebody else, to love up on that person, to encourage that person, to give that person hope, to give that person a, a message from, from God. And you didn't know that. You were just saying words, but you were open to the Spirit, and God was uh, able to, to use you just like God was able to use other people in your life. You know, a very extreme example, this was one of my, my, my mentor. One time he was doing ministry with, uh, out, and there happened to be a person that was, that was singing there that night as he was speaking. And, and he came up to the person, he said, you're really good. And he said, no, no, you're, you're really good. And she said, you think so? And he said, he said, no, you are really, really good. And she said, you know, just today I was praying, God, should I really go into full-time wor- you know, worship and, and, and that, or should, I, or should I just continue doing what I'm doing and just do this part-time? And he said, well, I think you're really good. And he said two years later, he was all of a sudden, and the, oh, she gave him a, a cassette. That tells you how many years ago that was. Gave a, it was an eight-track. No, it was. Gave him a, gave him a cassette, and, and all of a sudden he's listening to, to Christian radio, and he said, man, that's that, that's that lady. And he turned us up and put it on. And, and it was Twyla Paris, who's uh, one of the, the biggest recording uh, people of, of all time in Christian recording. And just again, this word of encouragement could have transformed this whole person's life and, and brought, brought music to, to, to hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions of people through a generation uh, just because of one word of encouragement. You have no idea how God can use you to impact a, a life just as we open our mouth and are used by the Holy Spirit. Another thing is, is that God speaks to us through the gifts, uh, through the gifts of the Spirit as he d- distributes to his people. If you've ever done a study on the gifts of the Spirit, you understand something, that, that several of the gifts are absolutely God using a person to speak to another person or to speak to the body of, uh, of Christ. There's several of those. There's, there's the, the words of, of encouragement. There's the words, of, uh, there's prophetic words. And what prophetic words, a lot of times we think it's somebody foretelling the future and things like that, but a prophetic word can, I've had many people speak that in my life, and just a word of encouragement that I just needed to hear, that man, it had God all over it, that I just knew it was a word of encouragement from God. Sometimes it's a, it's a word of what's gonna take place. I had one person that came up to, to me that, again, this was somebody I didn't even know, and said this, said, this is five years ago, and said, the tide is going to be going out in your life, and it's going to be going out fast, and it's going to go out furious, but the tide is going to come back, and the tide's going to be stronger than ever before. The, 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 your life is going to be stronger than it was before. And about two or three months later, somebody from our church went to the beach and, said, and called me up and said, you know what, I'm at the beach right now, and it really feels like God is telling me to tell you that the tide is going to go out. There's going to be a really tough time in your life, but don't worry because the tide is going to come back even stronger than it, than it was before. God can speak to, to that. God uses words of, uh, words of wisdom according to the, the Bible, that there's a word of wisdom. And if you've ever been in a, a meeting, and we've been in meetings in, the, in our church, that all of a sudden somebody just says this thing that you go, wow, that was incredible. I mean, you just go, okay, end of discussion because that person had a wisdom and an insight that just blew us away that you just knew was the answer to whatever that was. And I think God can speak to a person through a word of, uh, of wisdom. There's also words of knowledge and, a, and, and every one of these God, uh, Jesus did. And, but here's one of those, an example of that in scripture from John chapter four. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water, she's, he's talking to the woman at the well. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him or her will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have live with is not your husband. What you said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a, a prophet. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to read her mail, right? I mean, exactly what was going on in her life. What was the result of this? L- look at this. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. She came to Christ. The whole village came to Christ through this word of knowledge. Now, let me ask you, why do these things, why are they in Scripture? Are they there just to go, wow, this is what you could do if you were the Messiah? Or, or is it because God's, Jesus is giving us an example that we can do, too, of, as we live a spirit-filled life that the Spirit can use us in the same way? Because Jesus, remember, Jesus said this, you're going to do not only the same things I did, you're going to do greater things than, than, than I'm doing. And so these things are available to us if we're open to this. And here is one example of that happening in our church. Last summer, um, I... Uh, I um had God introduce himself to me in a, in a powerful way. I uh, have been an atheist my whole life, didn't believe in God, and God was no different than the tooth fairy or Santa Claus or anything else like that. Um, my wife had told me uh, that she didn't love me anymore and uh, that she uh, um, wanted a divorce, and uh, I hit rock bottom. And when I did, I had some wonderful people um, reach out to me, including some couple people that I know from Crossroads. And uh, they invited me one Saturday to a prayer group saying, you know, hey, I know you don't believe in anything, but there's a real laid back thing. The people just get together, listen to some worship music, talk, pray. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Kind of rolled my eyes by sitting there. I was like, well, what else am I going to do? Sit here at the house and cry some more like I've been doing? So I, uh, I went ahead and... Um, Took them up on the, their offer. I went in expecting uh, absolutely nothing um, and had, had my guard up very strong. And a uh, young 18-year-old kid uh, looks at me and says, uh, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah. So he looked a little nervous. He had something that he knew that he wanted to say or something. He goes, uh... Did uh, did you have some issues or, I don't remember his exact words, but did you have issues or problems with your dad when you were young? And I was like, where'd this come from? Where did this dude hear this from? You know, I don't post stuff like that on Facebook. I don't, the people that I know here, you know, they, they, they don't, they don't know anything about my dad. And I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, did he abandon you when you were young? Yeah, yeah, when I was five, he, uh, he, uh, he left us. And I was sitting there blowing away. He's like, um, do you have, uh, chronic lower back pain in your, in your, in your lower back? Especially on your right side? I was like, yeah, again, something I don't post on social media or anything. And it's not something I really talk about with people. So I was like, kind of freaked out. Like, how does this dude possibly know these things? And he's like, uh, do you have an ache right here on your neck? And the ache had just started happening that day. It's not anything that I was having anything going on. And I was like, yeah. 
And he's like, can I, can I lay my hands on you and pray for you? It's like, okay, so, uh, sure. And he goes, uh, well, my name's Mike. They're real awkward. And I said, my name's Aaron. And everybody's kind of laughed because it was like a real awkward introduction. And then, uh, he, uh, just kind of laid his hands on me and prayed for me, prayed for my neck, prayed for my back. And, uh, Prayed over, you know, God to touch me, and uh, and uh, at that point in time, I was pretty freaked out, and, uh, and looked at my watch. I was like, "Oh wow, it's getting late. I really need to go." So I left, kind of creeped out, and uh, took me a little while to put stuff together to figure out how it was that he knew that, and you know, and then to come to find out that God was using him to to meet me right where I was at and to, to, to speak to me and to, to love on me and uh, show himself to me because I was open to to him and uh, so that was life changing a complete uh, game changer and uh, now I'm completely sold out for God Holy Spirit runs everything in my life, and uh, God also healed my back. I used to go to the chiropractor every, definitely every month, sometimes every week for, um, for years, and uh, I haven't been back to the chiropractor since since last summer. So uh, the Lord works in awesome ways. Going from an atheist, one of the strongest prayer warriors I know, uh, all through a, a, a word of, of knowledge. That's how God can use these things, because God wants to bless his people. God wants to speak to his people. Sometimes he does it through some, uh, a little, little more bam shang uh, ways. And now God's using him in the, same, in the same way. You know, sometimes I'll be up here, and I know that, you know, most of the message is for everybody, but every once in a while, you know, if you've been coming here a while, every once in a while, I'll feel like, I'm saying, suddenly God will say to me, at least I feel like that, if there's somebody here who, you know, has something, something, or they're dealing with this, and it's extremely specific, and, and of the dozens of times I've done that, I think only one time, maybe two, somebody didn't come up and said, I'm that, uh, I'm that person. An extreme example of that to me was one time about a couple of years ago that uh, three weeks before Christmas, I felt really strongly that God said, there's going to be somebody there on Christmas Eve service who's on their way to kill themselves, and they're just going to walk by, come by, and for some reason, and I'm going to draw them into this service. And I remember saying that in the middle of the service, that, you, that there's somebody here today, and you're on your way to kill yourself right now, and you've just felt, a, felt a, a feeling to come in here. And I said, I want you to know that God hears, that God knows you specifically by name, and God cares about you and loves you. And I remember after the service, I'm right down over here, and a lady started walking, and I looked at her, and I said, you're her, aren't you? And she said, I'm her. And that lady uh, came to faith in Jesus Christ and was baptized just a few weeks, uh, weeks later. All because of that. Is that. And then, you know, something else too is I remember one time that I felt like, I just said, I feel like I'm supposed to say the word Riverside for some, for some reason. And it was funny because three different people, one person came up, and, or a couple, and they said, we're from Riverside, California. 
And we've been asking God, you know, where are we supposed to sit? And we love the church, but we want to be in God's will. And we really believe that that was a sign that God's saying, you're supposed to be here. There was somebody else that heard that same message that he, he had just started working at a place called Riverside. And he was really wondering, God, is this really where you want me to be? And that person took that as a confirmation that that's where they were supposed to be. There was another couple in the church that that afternoon, they were driving. They were looking for a place that they really wanted to build a house. And they were looking for some property. And they drove up and there was a sign. There was a road sign that said Riverside. And they looked at each other and said, come on, you don't think. There's no way. There is no way. And they went up on that road and they found exactly the piece of property that they loved, bought the thing and built a house on that. So God can, and let me, let me ask you this, you know, can, can that be abused? Just like, of course it can. I mean, any of those things. And they can be wrong. Just like it can be, just like leadership can be abused. And just like, just like preaching can be abused. And just like any of the other, administration can be abused. Like any of the other things. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And here's the, here's the thing that God is, you know, God just uses that in, uh, in a lot of ways, just like he uses everything else. And there's some people that you may feel, uh, um, you may feel uncomfortable with that. But can we just be honest that, the, that it's not because it's not biblical. It's not because Jesus didn't do that. It's not because the, 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 the apostles didn't do that. It's probably because that we're just more familiar with one than the other, or one makes us a little more uncomfortable because we've just not experienced that before. Can we just be honest with that? Because here's the thing. We're going to talk about it in, in here because it is biblical. Jesus did it. The apostles did it. It's part of our Wesleyan heritage. And there's people like Aaron that need to hear this. There's people like Aaron that, there's, that, they, that just something like that, one word of that, that they're realizing, man, God is in this place, and God is doing something, can change their life forever. And because of this... Because I want Jesus to get everything he paid for. Amen? And so uh, another thing is, is this. Oh, and look at this. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says this. Do not hold back the work of the Holy Spirit. Do not pre- pre- teach, treat prophecy as if it were unimportant, but test everything. The message translation puts it like this. Don't suppress the Spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the, from the Master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. The word for hold, uh, for hold back or suppress literally means to quench in the, in the Greek. And one way, in context, the way we can quench the Spirit of God in our life and in our church is to treat prophecy as if it were unimportant or that those who have a, a word from God. But it says, on the other hand, we're, not supposed to test, we're supposed to test everything and not be gullible. And just because somebody says it's from God doesn't mean it's from God. Isn't that a great balance? To say, you know, let's, man, be open to anything God wants to speak to us, even if it's a little supernatural, but don't be gullible. Let's be, let's, uh, uh, and let it be in Scripture and confirmed by the, by the Holy Spirit. So just as, as, we, as we conclude this whole, this whole series, I want to give some final thoughts. And I want us to think about this, is first of all, there are times when we will miss God even when we're really, really trying to hear God. There'll be times that we'll just go, Man, that wouldn't, you know, I missed him. I missed him on those times, even when we were trying. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes we're never going to hear him quite correctly. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever uh, thought you knew the words of a song and found out that you didn't know those words of the song, that you missed them? Here's, uh, here's something we did a few years ago that was backed by popular demand. Go ahead. will be good. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been wanting to see this movie for a while. Well, we listen to some tunes. All right, sounds good. Hit me with your pet shark. Hit me with your pet shark. <laughs> Hit me with your pet shark. Wait, did you just say... Fire 
pet shark? That's the way it goes. Hit me with your pet shark. Pet? No. Who do you know that has a pet shark? There's the guys in the Bond, the Bond villains. They had, they all had pet sharks. That one guy had pet sharks and pet alligators. Uh, yeah, I guess. But no, it's not hit me with your what pet is, shark. What is it's it? Hit me with your best shot. You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, been singing I, the wrong song for, I've been singing the wrong words for years. Yeah. How about we try something else? Please. Let's try this. Oh, Beach Boy. Well, since you put me down, there's been owls puking in my hair. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, owls puking in my hair? Have you ever heard of anybody of an owl puking in well, their hair? Well, obviously you wouldn't make fun of it if you ever had an owl puke in your hair. Has an owl puked in your hair before? I don't want to talk about it. It's kind of a low point in my life. It's, I'd rather not. <laughs> All right, let's not. Let's let's just change the station. How about that? All right. She's got a stick in her eye. Wait. She's got a stick in her eye. <laughs> No, 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 again, it's, I've got a ticket to ride, not, I've got a stick, that, that would just be horrible, well, I like mine a stick in her who, eye. Who cares if the girl has a ticket to ride and she don't care, any, I mean, that's anybody, but you got a stick in your eye and you don't care, <laughs> that's a tough girl right there. It's true, but that's not what the song says. So what is, it's, uh, she's got a ticket to ride. You're sure. I'm guaranteed. I like my version I guarantee. Better. I like my version way All right, let's try something else. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> Tony Danza? Wait, 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 wait. Count the headlights on the highway. Okay, okay, there's several things wrong with this right what? here. First what of all, Tony Danza. Yeah, he's a TV star in the 70s. Yeah, no, I know him. who he is, but it's a, it's Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer. Sure? And, uh, what was it, Lice on the Highway? Count the headlights on the highway. <laughs> Count the... I, I don't even know how you would count lice on the highway, but it's a it's a metaphor. A it's metaphor. a metaphor. It's it's in fact. I mean, what's what's great is I've with tears in my eyes thought about this song many times and thinking this is the greatest song that has a metaphor for head lice of any song that I've heard since Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah, I, I kind of don't know what to say to that. Just live. Um, it. Just live it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's try something else. How about that? Two chickens to paralyze. I've got pack your bags and leave tonight. I've got two chickens to paralyze. I've two, got wait, wait. two chickens to paralyze. Two now, chickens that, to paralyze. Yes. I, I'm not quite sure who would sing about paralyzing chickens. So it's not that. No. What no, is no, it? no. Two tickets to paradise. Two tickets to paradise. It's, well, uh, I, that one definitely makes more sense because I thought PETA would be all over paralyzing <laughs> chickens. Yeah. Let's try something else. Bacon, carrot, biscuits. Bacon, carrot, biscuits. Bacon, carrot, biscuits. Wait, wait, what? What did you say? Bacon, carrot, biscuits. That's the name of the song. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Bacon, 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 carrot, bacon, biscuits. Carrot biscuits. Uh, again, no, it's it's taking care of business. How do you know these things? Baking I, carrot biscuits? I've never had one, but I, I know I would love one. I mean, that sounds I mean, great. Yeah, I guess it is healthy, I guess. Carrot biscuits. But no, it's yeah. not. It's it's uh, taking, care, it's of, taking okay. care of business. Yeah. I'll know it the next time. It's okay. It's okay. Let's try a, let's, let's try a now song, because I, I, I think... Um, I wanna see the Taj Mahal. I wanna wear my overalls. 
I love to play with Barbie dolls. Oh man. Yeah. How about this? How about we uh, we just we just talk? How about that? That sounds good to me. Can't wait to see this movie. All right. <laughs> you know, we've we've misheard the words of song, but that didn't keep us from listening to music, did it? That didn't keep us from singing music. We're going to mishear God sometimes from time to time. I've known I've missed him many times in my life, but the thing is we keep trying, right? We, we wake up and go, think, man, yeah, I didn't hear him that time, but we try harder even the, the next time to hear. There's a verse that says, for though a righteous person falls seven times, he or she rises again. Also, God repeats himself when, we, when, when, we're, when we're confused or when we're unclear about something. You know, two times that God spoke to little Samuel and two times he didn't know that it was God speaking. And God didn't say, you know what, you, I tried twice, you're out of here. You know, any parent knows this. Any parent knows that, you, that, that if there's something important, some information, you make sure your child knows that. You make sure you go out of your way to let them know that. I have never, ever, ever been concerned about somebody wanting to hear from God that they'd hear from God. Because God says this. God says these promises. He says, for the eyes of the Lord arranged throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And he says this, God isn't playing a shell game with you. He wants you to know more than you want to know information. He says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things which you did not know. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all who without finding fault. And here's another thing is how we hear from God in the future will be determined a lot by what we've done, uh, what uh, we've done with what God has already given us. If we have to keep turning our, a deaf ear to what God has already given us, don't expect God to keep speaking to you. You know, I mean, we don't do that for a rebellious child. Why would we do that to a rebellious teenager? Why would we do that? Would God waste his breath on us? So if you're not hearing from God right now, maybe go back to a time that you heard from God and say, God, I'm sorry, and, and do whatever he said back then and watch how the floodgates can open. God will speak to us. He will continue to speak to us as we're listening to him and we're obedient to him. He will make sure he's... But if we're just going, if we just have a hard heart towards him and we say, I know what you speak to us, but I'm not going to listen to it, don't expect, don't be surprised if God stops speaking. Another thing is, and listen to this, and this is what I want to say just in the final way, is God speaks you. God knows all these things we've talked about. God knows how to speak to you the best. He is fluent in your language. Your language may be, you know, that still small voice. Your language may be this peace of God. Maybe it's in nature. Maybe it's a lot of those things, what it is. But God knows exactly how to reach you the most. And I love that, that, that here's the thing. We have a God who loves to speak. We have a God who's fantastic at communication. We have needs. We need to hear from God, not only in the big decisions of our life, but we need to hear from God every day of our life. So the thing is, it's just going, being an open spirit, being an open heart of going, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want you to be the one who leads and guides me and directs me. And every day of my life, I wake up and say, God, lead me today. God, lead me and guide me in that and speak to me. And it's amazing how he speaks to a person that has their ears open, as their antennas up that want to hear from Almighty God. Amen? And if we could bow our head. And as the usher, as the, the worship team could come up, not the worship team, the, the prayer team could come up. And, and there's there been people up here that want to pray for you. And there's people right now that are, that are listening to the sound of my voice. You need prayer. 
you need prayer, you have a big decision, and that's okay. I mean, that's what church is, is here for. That's what we're here for. That's the, what the body of Christ is here for. Maybe you have just a big decision that you want to that, that just bring before God. Or maybe you're saying today, God, I really do want to hear you clearer than, I, than I, I'm hearing you right now. And I just want to be open to that. So God, I, I speak to me. Speak to me. And God, here's the thing, dude. Speak through me. God, use my voice, this feeble voice, to, to impact the lives of others. God, if you have something to say through me to somebody else, God, I just, I, you say in your word, open your mouth and you'll fill it. So God, help me just open my mouth. Help us to just open our mouth that you will fill it with, with words of encouragement and words of inspiration and words of, uh, of your word, God, to other people that will make a difference in their life. God, help us as a church to hear your voice more. We want to be directed by you. Holy Spirit, come direct us, Lord God. Let us be more open to you than ever before. Thank you for what you've done, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.